Hello, everybody. So we are back today for another career and spirituality conversation. So for those of you who don't know me yet, I'm Julie Pohn, and I support spiritual seekers having career experiences to reconcile what they do for a living with who they are as a soul. And for to support you in this journey, uh, I uh, have a wonderful guest today, Ashlyn Milia. Hi, Ashlyn. How are you today? Hi, Julie. I'm great. Thank you. So Ashlyn is a, a personal and professional coach with a, um, uh, who trained with a specialization in uh, uh, neuroscience. So I think uh, we're going to have some uh, uh, interesting uh, conversation around this. And But before we launch into your own career journey and, and your relationship to spirituality, let's just do our, our usual one, two minutes grounding. So for, um, for those of you who are listening at can have uh, been a quiet space with your eyes closed, do that. Otherwise, like don't put yourself in any trouble while you're driving or something like that. Uh, so on these words, whenever you're ready, just close your eyes and just feel the weight of your body for a moment, the weight of your body, wherever you're standing or sitting, the weight of your feet on the ground, the weight of your feet on the earth. You can press your feet on the ground for a second to acknowledge your connection to the earth. And then bringing your attention and focus back up into the area of your chest and in the middle of your chest connecting with the heart maybe you can hear your heart or feel your heart and as you're connecting with it just imagine as if your breath is flowing in and out directly through it. And for a few breaths, let's just breathe a little bit deeper and a little bit slower than we usually do. So let's do about five breaths. Okay, wonderful. So for everyone, whenever you're ready, bringing yourself back in the here and now and opening your eyes. And ta-da, welcome back. <laughs> welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having me on today. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us your time, Ashlyn. I really appreciate it. So Ashlyn, I'm going to start with um, the spirituality question. So mm -hmm. I'm curious about your relationship to spirituality. What does it mean to you? Yeah, so um, I think that was one of the main reasons I thought it, was, it would be really nice to talk to you today, because it's one of those, it's a very personal for me, it's a personal relationship um, and it's one probably don't share it that often with others. So it's really nice to do that. Um, so I think uh, we'd spoken before and I think we were kind of on the same page. I think there was a time in my life where I didn't have a spiritual relationship. I was very much kind of it just wasn't part of my life. And um, I kind of felt like, you know, we're born and we die and that's the end of it. And um so that was that was fine and then I think there's probably there's probably a point you know I think in my life where I was kind of probably my mental health was starting to suffer a little bit so I um I decided I'd do a couple of counseling sessions and a lovely lady who I was working with at the time she recommended a book The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle I don't know if you read it yeah. so I don't think I read it at the time um but uh uh, but I think I bought it anyway and I put it on the bookshelf <laughs> and uh, so I think so eventually I did read it and I was like and I think I, I didn't wasn't reading it because I kind of it's, it's a spiritual book and I was just like it's not really for me um, but I started reading it and I was like oh this actually is kind of really resonating with me it's not it's not really about religion or it's just about um, I suppose our experience on earth and our existence and I was like oh that's okay this is resonating and I think it really um it kind of just made it just opened up the whole concept of spirituality for me it just made it a lot more open and fluid and then I had been doing a little bit of yoga and I was like oh this this really read this kind of lines with a lot of the stuff I do in yoga and how I enjoy that and I hadn't really I've been kind of going to yoga but I hadn't really been listening to anything that my teacher was saying I was just kind of like okay I'll do what I'm told but then I was like oh yeah I like this whole concept of we're all one and um so it was very kind of slow relationship it was kind of little things where I was doing stuff and I suppose awareness was just starting to emerge and things were all starting to kind of drop into place. And um, so, yeah, once you kind of see that, you kind of can't really turn back. Um, and then I think at the time I was kind of, I never did science in school, but I was, I just kind of had started to kind of take a bit of an interest in physics and reading books and about that. And this is like, it's about 10 or 15 years ago. So, um, just even reading things about energy can't be created or destroyed these yeah. kind of concepts I was like oh that kind of you know all these things were kind of lining up together so you know I used to kind of you know not when the, my yoga teacher might be like you know we're we're all one we're connected to the source I'd be like all oh, right yeah 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 that's <laughs> but I was kind of like oh you know maybe you know I'm so um so that was so that was then, and I think ever since then, I suppose uh, it just kind of started a journey of, um, I suppose for me, that relationship, spirituality is a lot about understanding who you are and, you know, being your authentic self and all that kind of thing. So all of these things contribute to that. And um, 
it's just and then I suppose as time has gone on like it's generally been a a personal thing that I've you know tried to work on internally um and then as time has gone on you know I feel like when I go to my yoga class I feel like it's a very group spiritual experience and I feel like I'm celebrating and not that like I don't have an alignment to any particular tradition and um, I'll kind of go into I can go into a mass and have a listen and something will resonate and that'll it'll kind of form and influence my spiritual the spiritual kind of experience that I have um, and and then recently or in the last few years I've been attending um, Moon Manaw circles Mm -hmm. So that's really drawing on a lot of ancient Celtic wisdom. And I've really got a that's really fueled my kind of spiritual well-being as well. So I find that so it does I feel like there's no kind of I don't align with any particular tradition. I just feel like I have my spirituality is something very personal and I love going into different groups and seeing what's what's shared. Um so yeah, that's where I am. That's where I am now. <laughs> and and then you know, I like there's another um, Richard War, like he'd be a Catholic uh, kind of writer and priest. And like I recently read his book, and I got a lot from that. You know, he spoke about passages from the Bible, which I wouldn't have a clue. You know, but I still he, I still felt he had a lot of things to say that like, were really interesting, and that kind of enriched my kind of spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, it's like that. It's a it's an ongoing relationship that's changing and evolving over time. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally relate to that. So you came from a very neutral, uh, no no expectation, no no prejugé, and anything that sort of resonated with with you, you just you're just taking on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it's all about you mentioned you made me laugh and said oh yeah the yoga teacher would say oh yeah connecting to source and like yeah yeah whatever (laughs) and then eventually it grows on because I was the same you know I would would hear some things that sounded a bit spiritual and at at a a stage in my life it would be going like way over my head and years later after such book or this you know a person talking to me suddenly things start to click into place I was like oh now I understand that from that time so yeah and the resonating connecting to source like it resonates with um you said um like it's about knowing ourselves or connecting mm. finding who we really are so that's uh um to me it sounds like different ways to say to, go, to say the same thing or come to the same yeah um, yeah personal exploration and and self-discovery and yeah. So, yeah so speaking of self-discovery uh what has your career journey now uh how has it contributed to your self-discovery so where did you start from and what are and what led you to be a coach now yeah how so, that yeah it's um yeah it's I think it's really nice when you're at a point where you can look back and it can all make a lot more sense for you. Um, and at the time, like my journey is quite meandering now, so it'll, <laughs> you'll have to bear with me. But um, but I'm glad, like now I really own that story and I'm really happy about it. Um, 
but so I start. I did a, an arts degree in sociology and Irish and mm-hmm. I think that was what I did finally so um and the sociology piece I like I don't think I even left college really understanding what sociology was about but I knew I kind of enjoyed it and but I think at the time I I, I was I wished maybe I'd had the option for psychology I knew I was like I want to do something about people mm-hmm. but I didn't but so that kind of was the one topic that seemed to resonate and then the Irish was something that I'd kind of enjoyed in school so I kept that up um so then I was like okay I remember I was on a train speaking to someone and she was saying she was like I'm going into HR and I was like oh HR what's that about she's like human resources and I was like oh humans yeah yeah I like humans (laughs) and uh, so I was like yeah maybe maybe that uh would be a good choice for me so um and that was really what like I was really I like my I come from a family where like my dad's a farmer and you know like really thinking sitting about your career wasn't like just wasn't something that we did or you know yeah. so um so I did a postgrad in human resources business and human resources and then I kind of went to a recruitment agency to see if I could get a job and so while I was there and um, the guy interviewing me was like oh would you be interested in recruitment and I was I was like oh maybe yeah like you know it's part of it's part of HR so so I, I decided I was like you know maybe I'll do this for a couple of years and then I'll go in-house and work in-house in HR so I did it for a couple of years and I really enjoyed it I think it totally it ticked a lot of boxes for me in terms of meeting new people interviewing people getting to know them um, supporting them in kind of their career journey um, and I actually I really enjoyed the sales element to it at the time as well like I find it stressful but I also kind of got a kick out of it and um, so I worked in recruitment for a good few years and then you know there was various buyouts and this that and the other um, and yeah it just didn't I never felt called to go back in into kind of in-house HR roles okay. um, yeah which so that was fine and then the recession I think 2009 happened and I that which naturally wasn't a good time to be in recruitment and um so yeah so I had the option to take redundancy or kind of weather the storm in recruitment and I was probably I was kind of around 30 at the time and I just had ambitions to travel mm-hmm. so I was like right I need to change my career I was like I need something that is more recession proof I need uh and these were my needs at the time. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'd, I'd probably approach it a bit differently if I was to do it again. But this that was where I was at the time. So I was like, I want something I can travel with. I want something that's recession proof and, you know, that I think I enjoy. So I had like and again, it's funny because you can remember specifically the moments where you were like, ah, and I actually I was on my bike cycling down through Rathmines. And I remember having this moment going, oh, I think I should be a primary school teacher, you know, because I have Irish yeah. and, um, you know, and I actually, I enjoy education and teaching and learning. I always enjoyed school. Um, and there was also a piece where, like, although I liked recruitment, sometimes I felt judged about being in that role. Because yeah. anytime I meet someone, they always have, like, they were like, oh, God, this time I went to a recruitment consultancy and I had this terrible experience. <laughs> And I always felt a little bit ashamed of my role. Um, you know, if I was doing it now, I wouldn't care what anyone thinks. But at the time, 
I always felt a bit embarrassed about it. And uh, and also like when really honest, I was like, oh yeah. And, like, you know, people really respect primary school teachers, you know, so people would really respect they would respect me way more. So um, so I was like, this is the perfect option. Um so I trained as a primary school teacher and I so that was trained and I like very was lucky knew how to get a job so I was like where will I go and um, I actually had I actually had done German in first year in college so I went to Germany and worked in an international school there I really loved the whole international school environment um, and yeah so then so I was working there two years but I'd say in the second year and I knew actually towards the end of the first year I could really feel my mental health slipping and I really and I kind of didn't pay attention to it because I was like I'm living the dream I'm living got my own apartment in this lovely city in Germany and and I just kind of I just didn't I was like I've no reason to be not feeling brilliant so I kind of didn't pay attention and then towards the second year and second year I was like okay really need to do something about this so I um I did a bit of counseling while I was over there but I think I just didn't have resources I didn't have family my network when I look back at it now it's easy to see um I didn't have enough balance in my life to kind of push through so what was missing that was that you didn't realize at the time um yeah, let me see. Like, I think a little bit of I was living in a town that was um it was a university town and there probably wasn't a huge amount like I was trying I was going dating and things like that, but there's very limited options. <laughs> so I felt like something I, I wanted to meet someone and that, that I was doing my best, but that that wasn't happening really. And so I, I was probably 32 at the time, so I was like feeling the pressure and then what else was, you know, I didn't have my family and friends around. I had some really amazing friends there who I still um I'm in touch with. But it's it's a that environment where everybody is um nobody has their social their networks around them, you know. And so you need to be quite resilient. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, yeah, I just didn't have a support network. Um and there was there was an imbalance between professional. Oh, sorry, mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the, the sound, I didn't hear what you, what you... Yeah, so in looking back, I feel like, yeah, I probably didn't have, well, I suppose I, I was looking for a balance in my life. So I wanted, a, I wanted to, I wanted to like, you know, meet someone was that was struggling with that. So that was probably out of balance. Then there was that kind of social and activities piece, which probably wasn't as many, it was, it was, I suppose I'd gone into a new job. And there was a little bit of burnout because I was like going into a new job, doing a job that I had, wasn't really trained for because it was a different curriculum and um, building a whole new life for myself. I had moved. I moved, it was there two years, but I lived in three different apartments. So it was just a lot of huge amount of change. Um, and I just didn't have enough to fuel me up to get through it. Okay. And not understanding, I suppose how I need to be fueling myself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. So it was just running on empty. Um, That's a very good point. Like you, not knowing how you function, how you needed to be fueled. Yeah. You know, that's important for people to hear. Do we, do we actually know what yeah. we, 
Because it sounded like you thought that the ambition, you know, going to a different country, all of these things were going to be fueling you. And to some extent, it sounded like you had ticked the professional box, what you thought was like the dream. But underneath it, there were some huge gaps that were not, uh, or needs that were not being met. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's it. And I think that was a great, huge learning experience. And I can, and I totally understand now being a life coach, how everything you need to be taking care of all these elements to get through the challenges. So yeah, that's probably the biggest learning I've had, probably bigger than a course, you know, it's really having that lived experience of trying to get through a big challenge, but not knowing how to fuel yourself to get through it. So, um, so yeah, so that was, so that was Germany. So eventually I was like, I need to go home and just reset. So I went home and then um, I kind of was like, uh, I got home and at the time there was, wasn't really many teaching jobs. And I actually had a mortgage, like I'd had people renting my house. And I was like, I really need, like, I was still just two years teaching. So I was like bottom of the pay, <laughs> the pay rank or however, however it works. So I was like, right, I like, I need to pay my mortgage. I need to pay my bills. And like, I want to have a nice life living in Dublin. So I was like I'm gonna have to go back into recruitment so I did that and um and then very quickly so that was uh so this is very long I told you my career journey is quite long <laughs> but uh so I came back went back into recruitment and that that suited my needs for for the time and then I was home in January and by October I met my now husband so I was able to yeah. sort that out <laughs> um so that was a good call to go home yeah so um so yeah it's so in hindsight it all seems it all made sense but it was very difficult at the time you know um and uh so yeah there was a lot of counseling and soul searching and all sorts and uh when, when so then yeah so then i had my daughter ruth she yeah. was that in 2017 so I stayed, went back to recruitment, at, like I had her and I suppose my plan was like, oh yeah, I'll have two kids and I can probably just stay in recruitment. It'll be more difficult having a family, but I kind of, that was kind of my rough plan. So, what was it, how did you feel about recruitment then? I was feeling the pressure because, you know, it was like, it's a sales driven environment. So as a single person, I'd be like, okay, I'm not re- I'm not close to my targets this month, so I'll work late and I'll do what I have to do. But whereas once you have kids, I was like, I can't work late. I don't, you know, you're like, do I work late and reach the target or do I go pick up my daughter at, you know, half four instead of six or whatever? And, you know, it's not my, I, my, that, that was, my values had changed, my priorities had changed. So I was starting to feel the conflict. Um, but, I suppose you're kind of busy so you don't really have the capacity to kind of change anything about it um so then then two years later I was pregnant again and so I hadn't really anticipated huge changes maybe in the back of my mind I was like oh maybe I'll go in-house but I was you know that I was like I'll kind of see how I go and um because sometimes I felt like I was like I'm familiar with this environment so maybe I'm better to stick with what I know and I'm familiar with um but then I had a surprise of twins. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was like, so I was like, whoa, 
this is this complete game changer. <laughs> um, so I had to like, I had to move house, I had to get a new car. And I was like, I think I'm gonna have to get a new job as well. <laughs> um, so I was like, I really can't, I just can't see how I can spend the amount of time that I want to spend with my kids and also fulfill the commitments I have at work. Like, so, so yeah, so I, eventually I handed in my notice at work and I cried for about a week. It was such a tough thing to do because I suppose it was such a big part of my identity. Like, and um, then, yeah, so I was busy raising the twins and probably once they hit about 18 months, I was kind of starting to think, right, I need to just get, um, get, you know, put some, start putting something in place to kind of have something to return to at some point. So um, yeah, this is near, it's still going. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. And uh, so we, um, so I was talking to a friend who'd had twins as well, and she had done this life coaching course. And um, so I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I was like, right, well, what that could do for me is just to give me another outlet, but give me an opportunity to make a new plan in terms of my career. And so I looked into the course and I loved all the content and the book list. I was like, I've read that book and it just was really talking to me. Like I'd, I've always had an interest in like neuroscience and, um, uh, and just personal development in general. Like, you know, so Eckhart Tolle was on the reading list and there was plenty of other, you know, Brené Brown people who I'd just been kind of reading in my spare time for fun. And, um, so I was like, okay, I think I'm going to really enjoy this course. So I did it and I did really enjoy it. And then once I, I actually, and I think like any coach will tell you, until you learn about coaching, you have no idea what coaching is about. <laughs> like I would have thought that coaching is like mentoring or consulting or like I thought you'd sit there and you'd advise people what to do. I have no idea that it really what coaching is, is um holding space to allow people to uh, find the answers for themselves and trusting that they are resourceful and whole and they've got all the answers. And um, so when I when I did the course, I was like, oh, this is really resonating with me and my whole spiritual journey. Um, so I was like, God, this is actually, it feels like a spiritual practice more so than a, you know, a professional practice. Um, so I was like, oh, that's, that's exciting. <laughs> and then, um, and then when I thought about the parts that I loved about recruitment, I love meeting with people, you know, asking questions, getting to know them and um, supporting them kind of in a journey. And um, it just felt like it all made sense in terms of what gave me meaning, purpose, and like it aligned with my strengths, all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, so, that, so I graduated in 2020 and then since I've been kind of working on building my business as a coach and um yeah so I've just really been enjoying it and feel like uh you know it's like it's definitely challenging it's the sort of thing that you go into and it's not like doing a course where you're, here's the content learn it and regurgitate it for an exam it's like um I think one of my lecturers had a she kind of used the analogy of you're a jar and you shake the jar and everything goes everywhere and then you have to bring everything back and put it back into place where you want it to be and 
like I definitely felt doing that course it was just so it was it was a great course it was very tough in terms of it really like pulled you apart and put you back together again um so yeah so that's so that's where I am now <laughs> I love that and and yeah I can relate to that it, it's more than it's not just learning a skill or a knowledge it's uh yeah. it it applies the 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 skill is applied on us yeah in order for us to to have that experience it's a it's a personal development journey for ourselves as much as learning a new skill yeah yeah and that's it it is and, and that's it every day like and to be the best coach you have to keep developing yourself and um you can't stop um and I suppose there's a win-win it's mm -hmm. uh you get to kind of follow your own kind of spiritual path whilst supporting people in and it might necessarily be a spiritual experience for them it's just a process and they need to get from A to B and that's totally fine um but um but yeah and it's it's um yeah so it's I think you're like that it's a piece where you're I'm kind of in a, in a place now where my uh, my career and my kind of spiritual experience are kind of inter like what well, are intersected and maybe they always have been but now I'm aware of it yeah, yeah. like that and and so you know in that process that your teacher described as getting out of the you know everywhere and then back in place mm. is there what was your biggest maybe realization or is there something that stands out for you that was really a revelation in that whole uh, journey um yeah god there were so many like it was, it was really, it's, I, I when i pick one i'd probably like reflect and go i think um yeah there was a lot of i suppose there's like there was a piece about um you're like there's a legacy exercise that I suppose I did and I do with a lot of my clients and it's really that part where you imagine yourself kind of close to the end of life and you look back and you think um what impact do I want to have and who do I want to have it on and um I just felt like that perspective just really it just gives it just very uh transformative um it, it just makes you think it just kind of brings you down to the reality of what really is important to you who like who what, who do I want to impact and what impact do I want to have on them um and you know you, that doesn't have, you don't necessarily have to be a coach to fulfill that you can do it in any role but it's just understanding you know I want to be able to impact my kids so it doesn't really matter what job you're doing but as long as you're connected to the meaning and purpose um so so yeah, so that's so that was that piece just in terms of yeah, using new perspectives to look at things. It, it just helped reframe a lot for me. And um, and then as well having your personal definition of success, really nailing, nailing that down. Um, I think I've been living my life kind of according to society's perception of what success is. Um, but I hadn't really thought about what's my version of success and and that was so much broader than my job, you know, um, which just, yeah, was really just felt a bit liberating. Yeah. 
is it is it indiscreet to ask you what it is you know how how is it yeah what success for you now compared to just yeah. like a job and status or whatever from society yeah um well yeah so I, I think I haven't looked at it but I remember I looked at it before and it was around um it was I suppose it had it was my kids and my clients and so they were all I couldn't leave my kids out but it's about helping them reach like being happy and fulfilled and content and um, so for me that's so success is when I'm that's when when I'm when I'm whatever I'm doing is contributing to that yeah so it's so. like a because I I think it nearly also makes sense in our spiritual journey that there is a first phase where success is for it's nearly for ourselves like what and mm. then at some stage there is a switch and success is when we are contributing to other people's success yeah uh, yeah yeah so yeah it doesn't surprise me yeah yeah, yeah it's and that's yeah it's um and yeah I suppose you're and the, you get a lot from that yeah yeah mm. and and now that you're working so so yeah, so sorry. First of all, what's where? Because I know you're working also in the career and workplace space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So primarily, who are who are the people you're impacting with the coaching? Yeah. So um, really broad, diverse group of people. Um, like typically, so like I worked with people who work in academia, private sector, public sector, um. And like, you know, like generally it's mainly been people who are kind of working in the professional environment, like not uh, like people who are, have started working or who are on that kind of working journey. So not so much like um, students or that um, that's that sector. So so, yeah, it's really people who are. Um, yeah, they come with all sorts of like every, each and every person comes with a unique goal and mission and that can evolve and change along the way and um and it's yeah like very often yeah wherever and I'm sure it's the same for you where we arrive is never where you imagined they were going to get I'm we're both in this in this kind of journey together and I'm just the one who's holding the space asking yeah. the questions and bringing some tools and techniques that are useful um, but just holding that space to allow someone to work it out for themselves. But I mean, they're not. Um, it might not be specifically. Um, someone was what might come in with a maybe a career question. Uh, but then once the space is open, yeah. it can. It could go anywhere. That is yeah. that what? You're yeah, and that's it. It's. It's. I think usually, whatever is getting in the way, is getting in the way in all parts of your life. It's not just a career issue. It's. Um, yeah, yeah. It eventually but, comes to the surface <laughs> yeah because I, i'm also quite curious about what's uh so having been in recruitment and now seeing people possibly who have like you know a very deep strict maybe career issue like what's uh what's the difference in dealing with people from the coaching like with your coaching hat or with a recruiter hat what's um, do you do you even see things differently? What's uh, can you tell us about? Um, um, yeah, like I remember 
one of the main questions like I used to ask in recruitment would be like and this this was from training from my my boss at the time but um what are the three most important things to you mm -hmm. um so we'd always be like okay we you'd always have to understand what's the three most important things so it might be location or flexibility or all those types of things and uh, you know I'm so this is probably drawing a similarity maybe that I hadn't really under picked up at the time but I suppose now when I'm in coaching that would be you're working out what people's values are your core values and mm -hmm. um, and so so there was so this was your even though I wasn't really aware of it I was trying to work out people's core values and align their role with their core values um so so yeah so that's probably a similarity so you were asking me about difference weren't you yeah yeah well anything that you know comes to your mind about the yeah. so that with differences is i suppose um like there was a, probably a piece of like there's always a piece of of kind of gaining trust mm -hmm. um i suppose more so when you're a recruiter like you do have other when you're in the, in the coaching space you're there 100 for that person but i suppose in recruitment i'm you know i'm serving my client i'm serving my uh my candidate and i'm also serving the my my employer and um, so you're you're you just you're 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 kind of trying you're serving three people at the same time and you're trying to balance that and do the best by everything everyone so i suppose what's nice in, in coaching is that you're serving one person your client um and you know it's undivided attention and yeah so and that's that's definitely an a part that is very a lot more fulfilling and in <laughs> your experience as a recruiter do you find it that it's uh it's supporting how you coach or it's supporting your, your clients. Are you bringing some of that into how you're helping people now? Yeah, definitely. I think just being, I would have had a lot of experience, I suppose, sitting, like, you know, interviewing people, holding that space. Um, so that was, and also like, I suppose just even on a practical level, like I, as a, like typically as a, as a coach, I can, you don't kind of I don't advise or give guidance but sometimes I'll have contacts because I have a huge network mm -hmm. so that kind of I can connect people up so it's probably something that probably diversifies mm -hmm. my service a little bit I'll connect people with contacts or mentors or and um, that kind of thing so it's really supported me in that way and just in terms of I suppose knowing how to um understanding uh, like and sometimes you don't necessarily have to understand what the client is talking about to be able to help them or to help them move forward but probably maybe gives my clients a bit of comfort that I have a good sense of the work uh, place the structures that they're working in the different industries like I've had a lot of exposure to all that over the years so it kind of um I suppose it might give them comfort but I know probably it's not hugely necessary you know I just being what's most important is that I can sit and listen properly and support them and kind of getting where, where they need to get I guess it, uh, uh, it's easier for you to understand where they're coming from I guess having yeah, a little bit yeah and, and that's probably would come across in my demeanor because I can you know I, I can I'm familiar with, with what they're saying and mm. about. 
And so, if you don't mind me asking, are you, um, what main challenges, you know, especially related to professional and career, you know, issues, what are you seeing uh, emerging, you know, in the last, you know, like a couple of months, you know, with the, um, the pressure of, well, at least in Ireland, you know, it's difficult to, to find accommodation and the prices and and inflation and all of this what do you find as patterns right now emerging in your coaching practice and especially in the career space a lot of it is balance and just people finding balance and just recalibrating so just a lot of i suppose with life changes people are just like and a lot of it is maybe having new families and understanding okay how can i find the right balance now so there's a lot of that and then there's also just a lot of managing uh big conversations like big buyouts and companies and just managing very significant changes internally in the business and so that's something that people probably need to do more at the moment than they might have had to before and being kind of looking ahead and seeing where are they now where do they want to be what do they need to do to get there? You know, really kind of giving themselves peace of mind that they've considered all these things and can see what are, you know, potential or what are they what are they fearful of and kind of working through that stuff in terms of being in the workplace. It's either it's either external or internal mm-hmm. conflicts that are coming up. So they just it's just whatever the topic changes um, and then so it's either something inter- external that we're dealing with or internal and internal um generally comes up you know when someone is maybe they're like I'd love to have more patience at work or I'd love to you know so they really enjoy their job but they're just the feedback I'm getting is that I need to be a bit more patient a bit less controlling or and then that's that's the internal work you know or so so I think the topics maybe are slightly changing, but the it's either external or it's internal, and 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 it'll be both. So it will be both, but the the pressures that's that's where they're coming from. So so it's, it, and it could be just to depending on who I've been coaching in the last few months, you know. But it hasn't been the economy hasn't isn't coming up a huge amount. It's just okay. the significant changes. Are you working primarily with uh, online or in person, and is it more people in Ireland or internationally? Yeah, mainly mainly online. And sometimes, like I do have clients who are like, I can't do another Zoom call, so and I get that. (laughs) Um, and I do have clients um international as well. I've worked with teachers in international schools. Mm-hmm. Um, in like in the Pacific and really all oh, far flung places, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> expats, so it could be Irish people who are living abroad, but just want to be coached by um, like by an Irish person or just an English speaking person. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. So and you were talking about internal, external, and external would be something as like uh, I don't get on well with a colleague or something like that, right? Yeah, or it could be you know my company is being taken over and really just re checking back in. What are my core values? How is this going to impact? What changes do I need to make to 
to get through this you know so it's really just helping people be as secure in themselves as possible to navigate those big changes yeah and I know that you train like you know an aspect of your coaching training was specifically you know coaching with neuroscience mm -hmm. so can, can you tell us a little bit about that part how does neuroscience uh yeah. What does it have to do with coaching, basically? So it's, I suppose it comes in in so many ways. Um, like, I suppose, you know, on a, a basic level, there's changing habits and behaviors. So that's linked to whatever behavior we have is represented with a neural pathway in our brain. So, you know, it's that awareness of that every time you're changing a habit, you're changing a neural pathway and understanding that it can take a period of time to... Um, create new neural pathways and to also how we can um, create atrophy. So allowing old neural pathways to die away, old habits. So it's that that piece, which is which is all part of coaching, but I suppose understanding the science underneath it. And that's the, the main part. But then there's also the neurochemistry. So understanding how our systems are activated and cortisol and all, all these lovely chemicals. Then there's uh, just even pieces like values. Um, I think there's a huge amount of research done around values and how when we are living a life according to our values, our you know all the where all the right parts of our brain are being activated and we're we're kind of you know you're either living in you're thriving or you're surviving. So when you're living according to your values, you're thriving and you're operating from your prefrontal cortex, whereas when you're in conflict you're surviving and you're operating from amygdala or whatever i you know there's only so much detail you can go into in terms of the brain and all that so it's just that awareness i think it just is comforting for me to know that what i'm doing is supported by science and i wouldn't really bring it to it depends on the client if the client is really kind of into that i'll i'll kind of direct them to a couple of books mm. so if they're interested but otherwise it's really just knowing that I'm bringing uh, the latest in kind of coaching to the table yeah so it's like knowing it's not just helping people to change what they do but knowing why we do what we do or why they do what they do um yeah yeah, yeah I guess because I've I see that with uh you know stress management with like I'm using heart mass you know like the heart coherence and there is a huge body of uh um you know, research and, and and scientific explanation of why. Uh, and and yeah, I see like some some people, to some people, it doesn't matter at all. It's all about the experience. But then to some people who might be more on the rational or hyper-rational yeah. the spectrum, uh, understanding, having that knowledge of, okay, this is working because there is this, mm -hmm. you know, chemistry or... Um, link between such and such suddenly it makes it makes a huge difference as if the the logical brain gets on board with doing something that the person would not have naturally been attracted yeah. to yeah yeah i yeah. felt that yeah i felt that in my spiritual journey that you know like the spiritual was you know i enjoyed you know like you described you know and all the books and getting into some of this you know the energy of things yeah. But like until I got uh, I got across some of the science, you know, and physics, metaphysics, and uh, and one person in particular who somehow was 
could give an explanation of why these energy things we're talking about in the spiritual field are actually real and maybe they just haven't been explained fully yet but there is a, a science based to it yeah uh, then suddenly i could you know do what i do now you know and talk about spirituality otherwise i would never have been able to yeah uh, both sides of my brains were not on board so yeah and that's yeah. it yeah it's that integration of the left and right sides yeah. of your brain and um and yeah and that's we i think is it dan dan oh gosh he's a big psychologist but anyway he was a big part of the course and like all his all his kind of techniques that he uses just feel so spiritual, but they're completely and utterly rooted in like such uh, detailed science. <laughs> um, it was helpful for me, but um, for, yeah. Are you, are you, was it crucial? Was it crucial for you to have that, or would you have been okay? No, I think the- I think for me, I just think the science doesn't really matter. I think it's about having a human 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 to human I think we're wired for connectivity and we need the time and the space and someone to listen to us with with their their full attention mm-hmm. and I just think that's the most important part of coaching and someone who's objective are and not judging and just you know I think we all need that at some part part of our lives to just help just to give us the space to connect with what's really important for us yeah Yeah. totally agree yeah yes the the space like having that space holding the space but that the space is completely clear yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah and I think that's what you were saying as well and that's what our job is to keep working on ourselves so that we can sit in that space and not be judging and not be just have it as clear as possible um, and to do whatever we can to be that kind of clear presence yeah and so is there like you know in your your studies and you you'd mentioned a couple of books already along the way is there some like you know one or two or that you would like recommend for people who might be listening to us to understand themselves better like that have been particularly instrumental for you yeah, well, yeah, no, I think The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, that's what I mentioned earlier, that was a big game changer for me. Um, and I think, so that was that was good. And I, he, like, he has a few other books that it kind of help you to practice The Power of Now. Um, but I, like, and I, but I always, I kind of find that quite difficult to do, to kind of build that practice myself. Um, and then... I think it was a few years ago I discovered uh, Positive Intelligence. Oh, yeah. and I think that is uh, by Shirzad Sharmin. I think that really, he has come up with this really effective framework to kind of bring all those, all that information from the power of now to kind of practice it in your day-to-day life. Um, and he's, a, I suppose that book really works for me because he's he's a psychologist, a coach, a computer scientist. He's <laughs> um, bringing all these things together um, and there's an app so that you can, you know, like I I'm personally, I don't think it's practical to be relying on an app and having your phone, you know, bring you back to the present moment every few minutes. But I think it's definitely, I it's definitely worth, it's good to kind of help you establish a practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, so I thought that was useful in terms of bringing the whole teachings of the power of now to life. Um, mm -hmm. And then other books that really, um, that's two. You just asked for two. Those are those. Oh, those no, are no, like anything. And I think anything by Renee Brown is just, oh, yeah. like, yeah, just in terms of understanding that, you know, vulnerability is a good thing and all that kind of stuff. So her TED Talks were like so amazingly yeah yeah funny as well and it just you get hooked to her so vulnerable yeah. in her explanation yeah. Of vulnerability yeah. yeah yeah and that's she calls herself and I, I love that as a in career like she calls herself a storyteller stroke stroke social or like researcher stroke like she's a few labels and that's something that I often kind of remind people like you don't have to just you can be lots of things you know um so, yeah, and that's, yeah, I think she's really fabulous. Um, yeah. And I think everybody should at least read one of her books. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you don't have to be to be stuck in one box. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, because I read, you know, Positive Intelligence as well. And I had never, and I read The Power of Now like years ago. So, I had never connected the two. So now I'm going to have a completely, you know, a different kind of filter. Uh, and I might even go and read back uh, the power oh, yeah. of see the connection. Yes, you're opening up, a, you know, a new perspective here. So thanks for that. Yeah, no, I felt, God, I felt like I was like, oh, this is the missing link. You know, I just felt, and he, um, I don't know if it's in the book, but he definitely does um, refer to Eckhart Tolle. So I, he definitely is leaning a lot on the teachings and that. And just even on, I think, is there a piece there about, um, well, you know, the situations aren't good or bad. And I think that's something that came across very strongly in The Power of Now. It's just, it is what it is. And you have to not get too caught up in the, the positives or the negatives. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know, like the the principle that we, ne you, we never know whether something is, is going to be good or bad. Yeah. So I guess, and if we're truly in the now, if we are not, it's only by having like a, a connection to anticipating the future or referring to the past that we are starting to have judgment about mm. how something is going to, uh, could be turning out in one way or another. So yeah, staying in the now allows to be to stay neutral. So that yeah, that's that makes sense. I see now. I see the <laughs> the connection actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and we we are coming to you know towards the end of our time together. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would love to address, or anything, any message that you would like people to to stay with? Anything? Um. No, actually, I think my, uh, I'm always referring, I have a lovely yoga teacher at the moment, her name is Nula, and uh, the last couple of um, uh, classes, like she she's always says, you know, it's our job, on, on our job here is to remember who we are, and we have to keep, you know, reminding ourselves of who we are, and that's our job, and and I was like, yeah, I totally agree, you know, that's that's what we have to do, is just keep returning to who we are and doing what we have to do to keep present in ourselves and true to ourselves so 
Um, so yeah, so it's not my wisdom, borrowed wisdom. <laughs> borrowed wisdom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I like uh, any wisdom is good wisdom, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I like it because it feels like it's also making a full circle because you, you mentioned that at the start in the, you know, your relationship to spirituality is about, you know, getting back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I uh, I love it when we are doing a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we end, you know, yeah. it's going back to the start, you know, I think it's a wonderful way to finish our, uh, our conversation. So, Ashlyn, thank you so much. So I'm going to make sure to, to send the... Uh, links to contact you if anyone wants to get get in touch with you on LinkedIn and uh, anything else that you're you know you'll you'll give me for that purpose and thank you for listening and rendezvous next week for another conversation great <laughs> bye everybody thanks, thanks thank you everyone bye bye